You, you are about to witness an epic experience of music, wisdom, and insights flowing through your brain in four, three, two, one. Life Wisdom Radio and the Juniji Learning Center Online Wisdom Campus is proud to support this radio program. And now, broadcasting live from a vault containing a secret ancient wisdom library hidden in the tunnels below the Las Vegas Strip, it's the Howling Papa Pooch Radio Program, Howling and Growling on Air. We made it. I'm grateful to be here with you. I'm fantastically grateful for the show that we have about to start. I want to welcome uh, all of you here with us in the studio, out there, wherever you may be. We have some amazing material for you. We're going to talk about what it's like to find this greater truth within ourselves. We're going to talk about particularly how an idea changed the world. And we're also going to discuss how to overcome these emotional and physical chaos, sometimes it feels, that uh, has come from that one idea that changed the world and how to apply it into our lives. So sit back. We've got some wonderful indie music uh, for you. We've got some great talk. Call in so I can treat you to a nugget of wisdom. And that's going to happen right now. You're listening to Helen with Papa Pooch Radio Program. the next hour or so, please feel free to come as you are and know that it's okay to drop your mental armor, the things that you might hide behind. This is a safe place. So let go of some of the ideas and beliefs that you've collected to hide maybe from issues or problems or drama that uh, at times might surround you. In other words, it's okay to be who you really are, your authentic self. Letting go of but, uh, I don't know, maybe what you had to become or do to survive. Throw away your toolbox, at least for the time that you're here with us. Throw away your keys, throw away your techniques and <laughs> all of your strategies. I'm not asking you to be anyone. But I might be asking something of you that you've never thought about before. And if that's, tr- if that's true for you, that's great news. You're not being asked to be a man or a woman, a So all of your ideas and limitations for how to act can be set aside. You're not being asked to be a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife. You're not being asked to play any role here. So let it go for just a moment and be still. Ask yourself who you are when you're not under the influence 
of any ideas or beliefs that you might have picked up along the way. No, really. Just for a moment. Remember who you are. Now, when I first heard this, I was happy and scared. I, I thought, you know, I'd keep some of my strategies like, oh, I'm kind of frightened. So I'm going to take a deep breath. You know, not the top of the chest breath, but that big belly breath, you know, or I might count to 10. So that way I'm not reacting. I felt though if I let go, I might disappear or die. But when you realize the truth of what's being offered here and how important this is, when it finally sinks in, you'll understand that by me asking you to simply stop, that I'm not teaching you a new mantra or a new practice or a new set of beliefs or ritual or dogma. At this moment, I'm not asking you to figure out why the things are the way they are or what something means or what will happen if you do this or that or why you feel or act a certain way. Not that any of that is wrong. It serves a purpose. But we've created such a reliance only by living by thoughts and beliefs that we forgot how to experience life without simply focusing on our mental chatter and our body sensations. Because there's so much more. And most importantly, these things are not who you are, but instead, just something that you experience. And the reason why you're not being offered anything is because of the difference between the long path and the short path. And it's likely that you've never heard of those terms. Have you ever heard of the long path or short path? And the purpose of me asking you to stop is that time is not a factor. It's not a requirement. There's no doing required. And what is being offered or referred to by, by a lot of other people's inner healing or spiritual enlightenment or waking back up inside, you know, it doesn't come by those old, outdated methodologies and, and therapies. It doesn't come by reliving old memories or obtaining greater knowledge. Now, those things are important, but not a requirement of the short path. Now, yes, the long path, it's going to require you to learn how to focus the mind. The long path requires you to understand the mind and body connection. And the long path requires you to meditate and reprogram the mind to end any unconscious beliefs and behavior that may have been problematic. For thousands of years, holy scripture and text and practices and techniques come from this truth. And they point to this truth. As there's a moment where there's a realization of one's self. And that only happens right now. This is why trying to overcome something, trying to do something, a methodology, a, a technique, a dogma, a mantra, that's not required. As a matter of fact, it gets in the way. But you must see this for yourself now. And by doing so, you must stop. You're not changing you. You're changing what you place your attention on. See, we can have, I can be aware of, I don't know, say a tree, but what we're really becoming aware of, because it's not really a thing, is we're aware of our awareness. There's no real doing. It's there. It's just, it's, I don't know. You become naked, really, if I have to use that word, to everything except your authentic self. See the innocence before the lostness took place. When you are innocent of what you've learned about who you're supposed to be and 
what you need to do to become that or act out that role, you have the opportunity to be free and to rediscover a deeper truth. So it's great. It's just with great honor and joy that I extend to you this invitation, this moment in your life to simply stop, to momentarily set aside everything you've ever learned spiritually or psychologically. If you are dependent on intellectual techniques and strategies, they'll be waiting for you after the show. You can pick them up and run with them all over again. But at least here, right now, give yourself one moment where you can directly experience that the truth of who you are is whole and complete as it is. And that all along, it has only been your concepts of reality that are not whole and complete. They are what is imperfect and limiting, which is why you see your current circumstances as imperfect and limited, and why your idea of you is limited by the concepts that you've taken on as an identity. Who are you when you're not being uh, under the influence of them? Who are you when you're not being influenced by these beliefs that we see more real than the reality of who we are? That's the reality of truly knowing yourself. The ability to separate your authentic self from the mental version of you, from the ideas and concepts that you've mistakenly attached to the you you think you are. The task is to discover, to realize who you are from that which you've made yourself out to be. And to realize that now, not tomorrow, not next year, not next lifetime, not yesterday, not when something finally happens so you feel ready, right? But right now, only now, when you stop, you attend to what has never moved. When you're still, you recognize the silent presence that is always here. And when you recognize this truth, you recognize your true self. Now, although we're about to break here in about a minute, I I just want to say, it is in this moment, in the direct experience of who you truly are, beyond any concept, belief, or idea, that this realization does not require you to overcome any past mistakes. It is within this short path that you don't need to relive old memories. You don't need to learn about (laughs) anger management or overcome what's called depression or fear or worry, anxiety, or any other negative set of circumstances or memory. Yes, those things are necessary, but they're part of the long path. Yes, we must learn how to better focus the mind, retrain the subconscious to not react either verbally or physically in a negative or harmful way. Yes, in the long path, we must retrain the mind not to self-sabotage our lives, being at times a tornado and possibly the lives of the people who care about us. We have an obligation and a responsibility to do so. And in this, the long path may take from only a couple of months to several years to make any needed lasting changes. I currently have students who have been with me for years going from a conditioned mindset that led them to 20 or 30 years of instability, landing them in jail or mental hospitals or homelessness or everything else that's gone on in their life that turned out negative. And today you'll never know that previously what their lives were like. Their inner and outer stability is such that even their own friends and family see such a change that 
it's hard for them to even understand how this could have happened when they themselves tried so hard over the years to help them, but they weren't able to do so. And in that frustration, they accepted the idea that their family member or friend was permanently broken or beyond help. But this simply is not true. The problem was that the friend or family member, the counselor, therapist, whoever it was who tried to help, had no understanding of the short path and only focused on the long path, wondering why no actual change occurred. And unfortunately, I see this a lot, which is why people from all over the world seek this training. Then there are those who didn't need that level of transformation and something as simple as reading or watching videos was all it took. You're not broken. If anything, the problem has been that the methods and ideas that you live by, those techniques and strategies, those are what's causing the dilemma. And we'll talk more about that right after this. Call now. 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 It's time to be free. with us. You know, this is probably one of my very favorite um, things to talk about because it has helped so many individuals really understand what's been going on inside of them. And at some point very, very long ago, and to those we might refer to as our ancient ancestors, the ability or function of what's called the imagination was born. And prior to this, being able to imagine something outside of actual reality did not exist. And neither was the biological function or an idea by the imagination was created, which means we didn't have the function of an imagination. So therefore, there was no ideas other than the recognition of what is. We couldn't really pay attention to memory because Memory is part of the imagination, and one of the beauties of modern technology, and this came out about seven years ago, which is why so many books are having to be rewritten, therapies having to be changed, the idea of helplessness or brokenness is not true, because all of a sudden, we now have the ability to see the mind operate, really think in real time. Supercomputers are fast enough now, fMRI technology allowing us to actually see it happen in real time. And prior to all of this, we were kind of shooting in the dark, which is why over the years they've tried everything to help people, but we didn't have the actual understanding. Now, back then, only instinct, you know, before the imagination, we'll call it our caveman days, 
I mean, we don't really know when the imagination came online. Because back then, only instinct and the actual direct experience of what is, is what existed. Therefore, only truth could be lived. But then one day something changed. Something very new and exciting happened. The ability and the idea to imagine what isn't actually here was born. This gift has allowed us to build new worlds and find solutions not yet known. This gift has allowed us to find answers to things that have become detrimental. It's also created a different quality of life for many human beings. And it's typically a negative one. One day long ago, something similar to the story that's about to be told must have happened. Long ago, some, some distant ancestor of ours walked out of the cave and saw a saber-toothed tiger staring back at them. <laughs> now, knowing that saber-toothed tigers love eating humans for lunch, the human acted upon what was instinctive and applied knowledge gained through actual direct experience to fight off the tiger. Otherwise, this human being was going to be invited for lunch. But luckily, through natural human instinct and the experiences gained over time, the human was able to escape from being on today's lunch menu and ran back into the cave unharmed. But then something happened. The tiger returned. The ability or function of imagining a tiger was born. There in the cave with the human was a tiger that the human could not escape from. No matter how far this human ran, no matter what was done, the tiger was still believed to be there. This time, though, the tiger was not seen by using information coming in through the eyes. Now there was one appearing to live inside the human. What was once only a physical tiger is now a tiger who lived in a much different world. Conceptual reality. He lived in thoughts. He lived in an image in the mind. And this new function called the imagination can take memories of what was and create new ideas, build worlds that don't actually exist. But this ancient human being, not knowing that this was not an actual physical tiger, must have created behavior not seen before. This ancient human, Hadzar, was frightened, trying to get something out of him, running from what wasn't actually there. From there, the idea of the tiger continued to live in what could be called dreams or thoughts. The tiger previously existed only in physical reality. It was still believed by the caveman that it wanted to eat him, but now from the inside. How frightening this must have been. When what we now refer to as the imagination first came into being, as there was no reference point, no teacher, to help differentiate the difference between actual reality or imagined reality, or better yet, what is versus what isn't. Although we'll be going to break in just a minute, I wanted to ask, what do you think it was like for the invisible, the unreal ideas and memory to be seen as actual present moment reality? How did those first humans deal with the idea that a tiger, or, <laughs> or anything else for that matter, could now appear to be inside of them? How did the rest of the people had yet to evolve physically to have the capacity of an imagination, or they'd never been exposed to the idea that something could live inside of them? How did they handle the fact that those around them were saying things that to them didn't exist? <laughs> did they run away if they too didn't want to be eaten by a tiger? Maybe they would have no idea what the person was talking about as they themselves only understood what was real. <laughs> and for the tiger to actually be inside of somebody, well, it must have been a miniature tiger 
for it to fit into a human body. The tiger must have crawled down the person's throat or crawled inside of them, you know, some other way. This is no different than the belief that an evil spirit or demon or devil or any other item imaginable could be inside of someone. As those who first witnessed this event had no idea that an ability to create a false reality by using what we now refer to as the imagination was born. What this means is that to our early ancestors, prior to this new ability to create an imagined reality, everything was literal. Over time, the idea that a tiger or anything else could be inside of a human being continued to spread, and it spawned another idea. And if there's ever been the most debilitating belief ever imagined, it's this. That if one caveman could have a tiger as someone or something inside of them, then another caveman could also get a tiger in them. The ability to imagine and then to suffer what was not real spread like a virus. This idea, an illusion of harm or brokenness, is the very foundation that grew into the idea that today is why so many people believe that there's something wrong with them. It has been a gift for tens of thousands of people to understand this. Because we don't have conversations like this. We don't really have conversations to help us understand the difference between actual danger and mentally created fear. Actual something to worry about or our idea of past and future that's not here now. Did you know that the words persona or person are defined as being an imagined self? Therefore, how an actual reality <laughs> is it possible for an imagined identity, a person, a persona, to actually have a mental illness? The idea that a mentally created identity could be ill is no different than saying Santa could be ill. This misunderstanding has kept people in a habitual pattern of suffering. And with this teaching, they no longer have to. I've watched individuals firsthand come from backgrounds and circumstances that they never thought they would get over. Who are you beyond the idea of you? Who are you beyond memory? Who are you? You're the thinker, not the thought. You're the one experiencing the memory. You're not the memory. You're the one who has ideas uploaded into the mind. You're not the idea itself. You are a gift. And you have functions and abilities that go way beyond any idea, thoughts, or conditioning that you've received. Most importantly... Who are you when you're not under the influence of these debilitating ideas and beliefs? Are you the thinker or the thought? When a thought arises, to whom does the thought arise? Does a thought arise to you or as you? Does memory arise to you or as you? It's a gift to take a moment and allow yourself to find a greater truth within you. It is such a gift to wake up and 
find and remember who you really are. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. Call now. Call now. Call in now. 888-429-5471 to speak to Papa Pooch. Hello. Hello. Glad to have you here. You know, I've often wondered how long it took these same early humans to self-realize their innate ability to deal with this new imagined reality. How long did they suffer? How long did it take for this new function called the imagination to be understood? How fast did the idea spread that what doesn't exist could exist? and that illusions can hurt you. Most of all, how long have you or a loved one suffered as a result of not understanding the difference between what's real and what's imagined? What ideas do you or your family represent that have caused possibly poverty or divorce, anxiety, separation, addiction, abuse, or death? Maybe, just maybe, as a human species, we're still continuing to try to teach our children and our adults how not to suffer from the creation of an imagined reality. And no different than what Socrates described as the allegory of the cave, our early ancestors also suffered from what we called the transition phase, a moving from imagined reality back to actual reality. And as time passes, this aspect has been probably the most difficult to deal with for most people, as what was taught many years ago to help you understand this and for it to be passed down from generation to generation is not readily available anymore. Today, there are far too few human beings who fully understand this ancient wisdom teaching. The rise in modern-day psychological problems is directly attributed to the fact that we don't teach about the monster under the bed is only being an idea in the head. We continue to perpetuate ideas like Santa and the Easter Bunny, teaching that an imagined reality is just as real as actual reality. Of course, we've also been conditioned with ideas that say what doesn't exist can also help us. That is, if we believe hard enough. Let me say that again. We teach children from a very young age to mistakenly believe that imagined reality is the same as and is equal to actual reality. Therefore, at an early age, confusion has uh, it's been hardwired. And without having access to the teaching that our ancestors left for us, it's appeared to be almost impossible to do anything regarding the idea of disorders that so many children and adults live by. Children do not understand the difference between something being allegorical or literal. 
as the aspect of the brain that provides the ability to distinguish this difference doesn't really come online until much later in development. Therefore, to a child, Santa is as real to the child as the tree outside and so on. And by not understanding this, many parents uh, unknowingly help create an identity that their child will represent for many years to come. The young children also don't understand that it's their behavior that's being judged as bad instead of taking on this abstract label as meaning they themselves are bad. As to the child, its interpretation is literal. To the child, being bad is not seen as something circumstantial or as a behavior, but as being tied to the essence of who they are. What does that look like with adults? How many times have have we taken on an identity? How many times have we taken on ideas and made an, uh, a belief, an identity, a behavior, suffering out of it? In simpler terms, who the child is and how the child acts or adults is seen as being one and the same. How often have you heard someone say that someone is bad as opposed to saying their behavior is that way? Now, question, if you'd been raised to represent the idea of being bad, how would this play out later on in life? How many of our juvenile and adult detention facilities or mental health facilities are filled with people who have been told at a young age that they're broken or that who they are is bad without any previous conditioning of being bad or broken? The actual human being, when not representing these ideas, are alive and well. And that's the difference between the short path and the long path. Most of the instability and irrational behavior that we see on a daily basis has occurred because of the preconceived inability or the perceived inability to see beyond the suffering caused by our own conditioning. By pretending to be the representation of mental suffering and anger or of being bad, we become captives, temporary prisoners of this harmful idea of an identity. Even after thousands of years, modern humans are still struggling with the same dilemma thinking that they are living in a mentally created world that doesn't actually exist, trying to be someone they're not. And this madness continues, only because, as I've said, every human being is born into beliefs already in progress. Please stay with us till after the break, but please find this deeper truth for yourself. That the world that has been created has been based on perpetuating a cycle of ideas and beliefs that are then socially agreed to exist or possibly forced to adhere to, but in reality is simply thought-based. This idea-based reality continues, creating a representative. We become a representation of ideas. And then that representative then teaches the next generation of children how to represent ideas as well and the cycle has continued for so long that it's now become self-perpetuating if your family's poor it may lead you being poor if your family suffers a particular way you'll suffer from a particular way but if you take away this false reality take away these ideas and beliefs what's left a healthy human being this cycle of self-sabotage and the cycle of poverty and all the rest is proof that representatives of ideas are creating new representatives 
until someone steps away to self-realize that a fully functional, consciously awake human being is still alive and well, hidden, so to speak, <laughs> underneath all of the imagined ideas that were used to make up this representative. I mean, can you imagine, and, and you can because we're going to use our imagination, could you imagine what it's like? Because you have to imagine something sometimes before you actually experience it. So let's imagine not using our imagination. <laughs> Try that one on for size, right? You can't imagine what it's like not to use your imagination by using your imagination. You can't experience a quiet mind through thought. You can't understand what it's like not to be under, in, under the influence of a belief by a belief of what that might look like, sound like. You must stop it all. We must be willing to understand what is here beyond concepts, what is here beyond the content in our mind. You are so much more. You're not broken. You're an amazing human being that should you be willing, and only you'll know when this is true, should you be willing to realize that if it's not here now, everything else must be imagined. If you're suffering over an event that happened 20 years ago, it has to be imagined. Memory must use, and we only know this now through supercomputers and the, our ability to watch the mind think in real time. Any intention that's not actually happening now must be imagined. Any memory must be imagined. Past and future must be imagined. All worry, doubt, issues, problems, and drama, our thoughts about it is part of the imagined because you won't see that thought outside of you. You won't see belief systems outside of you. They're only happening inside your mind. It's amazing that when we really slow down, and that if not for the fact that almost all of us have been conditioned to believe that conceptual reality is the same as actual reality, and not just some random collection of ideas and beliefs that we blindly keep agreeing on, like society, the economy, this disease, mental, that identity of suffering. When we stop being under the influence, of ideas that are currently being perpetuated that happened many years ago. Who would you be? Remember, you have to keep infecting new minds with old, outdated, harmful ideas and beliefs for those to continue to exist. We must look at what drives behavior, not just the behavior itself. Otherwise, nothing changes. And we'll talk more about this <laughs> right after this. You're listening to the Life Wisdom Radio Network. We'll be right back after this.
and we are back. You know, if if you're really truly willing, and 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 I'm hoping you are, because I'm here to have an amazing journey with you. And, and by the way, as a loyal listener, <laughs> we love you. You can go to myfree.gift. We've got an amazing gift from some of our sponsors for you. So it's myfree.gift, please. Uh, we love you. We, we are grateful that you're here. So please go to myfree.gift and, and, uh, and get that now. Uh, but I, I want to sort of offer something to you in this final segment here. We've been trying to use the mind and body for true fulfillment. But the mental idea of who we think we are can't have true fulfillment. At the very most, it's temporary. It's a Band-Aid, right? You, you get this phone, and the next one comes out, and you feel bad because now you need the new one. You have that experience, and the adrenaline rush, or a shot of dopamine and serotonin, you feel better for a minute. You go back to your regular day-to-day life, and what happens? Oh. The mental idea of who you think you are cannot have true fulfillment. It's only temporary. And... Every spiritual practice that you're doing that's requiring repetitive things is not leading you to enlightenment. It's part of the long path. Now, yes, it can happen, but I'm telling you right here, right now, that the reason why so many people uh, are looking for, maybe I'll wake up in the next lifetime. No. Maybe through 20 years of meditation or yoga practice, then I'll wake up. No. Time is not a requirement and doing is not a requirement. Those are ideas. To have true fulfillment is no effort, no doing, no time is needed. To truly fulfill one of the desires that most people don't even know about. And that's what I want to talk about now, the two desires. One of the reasons why there's, there's this lack of true happiness. Happiness, period, not happiness because. Unconditional love, which is love, period, not love because. And there's a difference between the two. Okay, There's a difference between the two desires. On one side of the desires, of the two desires, on this one is the mind and body. The mind is constantly, it's, it's based, it's built on function and data, I could say. It's trying to collect meaning, trying to understand, trying to put pieces together, trying to say if this, then that. It's going to constantly have thoughts pop up as, or memory pop up as, as thoughts. And so the desire of the mind is to learn and make meaning. The desire of the body, the body's got a couple of desires there, and these are natural. These are natural functions. The body wants to reproduce. If it doesn't, there is no human species. The, the body wants food and water. The body has a desire to dispose of waste. The, the, the body has desire for all kinds of things to maintain its equilibrium, its health. And that's on one side of the desires. But most people have never been uh, taught about the other desire. The other desire is quite different. The other desire does not need mind or body. As a matter of fact, the other desire does not need anything. And that's the difference between the two desires. 
The mind must constantly think, learn, grow, create meaning, constantly. The body must constantly have food and water and nourishment, sleep, rest, reproduction, waste, uh, getting rid of, I'll keep it clean. <laughs> but those are requirements. Those are doing. Those are things that must be done constantly, never ending. Then there's the other desire. And that desire is quite different. That desire is for realization. And if you are using a practice, odds are that practice is utilizing the desires of one side trying to get you to realize the other. And you can't. You have to stop. You have to stop feeding and paying attention to the desires of the mind and body to understand true fulfillment of the other desire. And that other desire is what? The truth of knowing who you are. Who you have always been. We can call it enlightenment. We can call it self-realization, inner peace, whatever that is. There's no requirement for this. No doing, no teacher, no teacher, uh, no teaching, no student. No role needs to be created. You don't have to become anyone. Matter of fact, it's that part of thoughts and beliefs and ideas that usually get in, out into, it gets in the way. We have typically been trying to fulfill this spiritual desire, this inner being, this inner wit, uh, this wake up, this happiness period. It's been called peace uh, beyond understanding by temporary attachment and attainment of some sort of satisfaction or avoidance in the mind and body realm. I've made it my life's mission to help as many wonderful people as possible come back home inside, so to speak. I felt that it was best to bring this out into the world. Let others hear what has been taught from teacher to student for thousands of years. There is no club anymore, no secret club. There's no handshake. There's no mountain that needs to be climbed. There's no guru that you need to go find nestled in the middle of nowhere. They may have a teaching that will help you. But it's available to you right here, right now. What matters is finding someone who understands this and stops mental binding. What's needed is for an individual to see their mental address, where they are. It's like finding them inside their virtual world and to understand how bound they are by the illusion of ideas. And because of this binding, this not understanding the difference between the two desires, and that is the difference between the short path and the long path. The long path is using the mind and body for spiritual enlightenment. The, the long path is understanding that we must change our mindset, our beliefs, our ideas, our physical behavior. We must reprogram the subconscious. We must understand how we create thoughts, how emotions are created. That is the long path. But you will not find this truth of who you are in that long path. It's in the short path. Matter of fact, there's no path, there's nowhere to go. It's like if you're if you live in Detroit and you're in Detroit, do you need to take a bus to get there? No, you're already there. It's time that this teaching becomes as popular as Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> it's time that 
that uh, if you can dance the Polish polka music, why not dance to wisdom? It's time that we allow what has been known for centuries to get out into the world. Because there's not a monster under the bed. The monster's in our head, but it's not a real monster. It's a thought monster. We forgot. Well, maybe the better truth is that we were born into belief systems already in progress. And that this teaching is no longer taught to the way that it was once taught. Freedom is not just physical freedom. It's not just mental freedom. But it's the unbinding of that from the truth of who you are. That's real freedom. And it's amazing that we're just not teaching this anymore. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm truly grateful that we are having this time to share. Stop. Stop it all. And see what is still here now. Nothing's required. And if you're going to stop, stop even what your idea of stopping is. Stop it all. Stop stopping. <laughs> For centuries, this was taught, and it's not anymore. Look at some of the conditions of your family, maybe. Watch the news, and watch the difference between how people respond to things. Because if two people can go through the same event and come out differently, then it wasn't the event. It can't be society. It can't be the economy. It can't be housing. It can't be other people. It's our thoughts and beliefs about them. It's the mental world that we're acting out, not realizing that there's that which is beyond it. I want to thank you for sharing this moment with us today. I want to thank you for, for being willing, and only you would know if this is true, to experience this for yourself. And as we leave I want you to remember one thing. You are only a single insight away from the discovery of a lifetime. See you next time. As this week's episode comes to an end, it's time to close the vault to the Ancient Wisdom Library and start the barbecue grill and be grateful for the time we've shared together. And as loyal listeners and fans of the Howling with Papa Pooch show, we'd like to offer you a free gift. On behalf of the tens of thousands of amazing people who have attended the Janiji Learning Center Online Wisdom Campus, please go to My Free Gift. That's, that's My Free dot gift to receive a special present from Papa Pooch. Please join us next week for more life-changing wisdom, music, and more. And remember, you're only an insight away from making the discovery of a lifetime.